because it's affecting you like on a cellular level, like you're creating, you know, reactive oxygen species that like need to be quelched by antioxidants. So you're creating like debris, you're creating stuff that needs to be taken care of in the cells of your body. It's not just like, oh, I'm stressed out. I should like go to the spa. Like it's not that, like <laughs> that is like a band-aid solution to a chronically stressed person. Welcome to Mermaid's Medicine Cabinet, the podcast where we open up the medicine cabinet and discover ways to optimize our mind, body, and soul, plus adding some salt water in there, diving deep into functional and integrative medicine topics and all things health and wellness. I'm Megan Perry, a board-certified physician assistant, and I'm so happy that you're here. Let's see what's in the cabinet today. Hey guys, welcome to Mermaid's Medicine Cabinet. In the cabinet today, we are diving into functional medicine topics with Martina Harms. Martina is a board certified PA and a functional medicine certified practitioner. Hey Martina, thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to get down and nerdy with you. (laughs) Hi Megan, I'm so happy you invited me. I'm honored to be here. Yay! So first question always, I want to know, what is your favorite beach destination? Um, I had to really think about this because this, I am a beach person. So like, I, I love all places with beaches. <laughs> um, I have to say, I think um, kind of like, I, there's not even a specific beach, but like any of the great, the beaches in like the little islands of Greece, like Santorini and those like beautiful little tiny island gems where they have these cliffs and you see these beautiful views and it's just the little like pebbly beaches and some of them are like you know lava rock and mud and they're all just so beautiful and all different and unique and I just I love I love Greece but I love the beaches especially (laughs) I'm so happy that you said that because that's like one of our that place like those are on our bucket list (laughs) yes for sure. Yeah, we need to go back. We went for our honeymoon. It was like not long enough of a trip because we did like kind of a jumping around places situation. And so I didn't spend enough time in Greece and I definitely need to go back. Oh, that's yeah. so good to know. My, one of my good friends just went and like her pictures are insane. And like, it's yeah. like incredible. It's, like, it's so incredible. It's so beautiful there. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. So we got to move that up on top of our list. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into functional medicine? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so I am one of those weird people that knew I wanted to be a PA like in high school. And so I like went right into like going into pre-PA. I knew I wanted to do that. Going to undergrad, went to the undergrad school where they had the PA program where I wanted to go eventually, which was George Washington University. Went there, was like super gung-ho, going to do ER. I loved emergency medicine and got really into it and trained there and got really burnt out, even just living in DC. Um, And so I was like, let's look for another job. Let's go somewhere else with my now husband, boyfriend at the time. And we were like, yeah, let's go to Hawaii. So I moved to Hawaii and did the same thing all over again. It seemed like it was going to be a better situation for my job and it was not. And so (laughs) spent way too much time there and then was like, yeah, this is not really what I want to be doing anymore. And so this is also two kids in. Um, oh, <laughs> and so like wedding and two kids. And so yeah, so living 5000 miles from my family with two children and, the, and a rock in the middle of the ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
with not a lot of whole like family support at the time. Um, so yeah, so I got really burnt out and then was like physically not feeling great either. So one of my friends had seen a functional medicine practitioner locally and I was like real skeptical about it. Cause I was like, this isn't real science. This isn't medicine. This is mm-hmm. like voodoo witchcraft. I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, so I was like, whatever, we're just going to try this. And I walk into this woman's office and she is like, like schooling me on the Krebs cycle in our like first visit together. And I no, was like, wait, wait. Oh, oh God, that this is, is real. <laughs> like I get this. I know this. I didn't do well in this class. What is this? Um, and so, so I was the like, Krebs immediately convinced and like totally converted over like, Oh, this is, this is for real. This is like, this is what I've studied for. This is what I should be doing. Um, and so I, I immediately went from like complete skeptic to believer in like five seconds. I was just like, this is what my next job is. Like I have goosebumps talking about it right now because I was mm-hmm. so into it that I just knew that this is what, like, this is where I was going. This is what's happening next. Um, and so, yeah, so I got really inspired. Like for after that first meeting with her, I like signed up for the certification course <laughs> for uh, Institute for Functional Medicine. Like I was in it, I was going, it was happening. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so like did my own little health journey alongside getting my functional medicine certification and just, you know, just was like, well, I'm going to start my own practice. I'm going to like do my own thing here and and learn as much as I possibly can. And um, it's so far been pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of the answer to the question. That <laughs> I love that. That sounds a lot like kind of my path too. <laughs> like yeah. everything, I resonate with everything you said so much. Like down to the moving to Hawaii to find yeah. a better you know, option. Like, mm-hmm. and then we end up yeah. being like neighbors. So <laughs> yeah, right. It's so funny. Right. Yeah, I feel like once your like eyes are open to certain things, like you can't unsee them. And so once mm-hmm. you're like, once you get into functional medicine and you see how it can be a different way than what you were taught or like a different version of what you were taught you can't unsee it and so mm-hmm. you're just like oh it could be something it this could be done so differently and it could create so much better kind of compartmentalizing different bodily mm-hmm. systems mm-hmm. and I think it kind of a lot of well not all, a lot of the time it takes like your own experience to like get into it and like whatever you're going through and then you're like wow all of this totally makes sense and everything's yeah. inter- interconnected everything's so interconnected yeah so I would love to first dive into the gut brain access I feel like there's a lot of things out there about gut health everywhere in the Mm -hmm. media right now and Mm -hmm. I would want to really break this down like what is it and why is it even important why do we care yeah so um I think that was actually another one of the things that really had me like really excited about functional medicine was when I kind of went back and made the realization that, you know, you have a whole separate nervous system in your GI tract, and it's actually sending more messages to your brain than your brain sends to your gut. And that was like, really mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing for me that like, my gut feeling the gut, whatever is, mm-hmm. is sending more messages to my brain and communicating more about the state of my world, and whether I'm safe, and whether I am, mm-hmm. you know, you know, happy, sad, what like I, it knows, and it's telling my brain things. And so that was kind of mind blowing for me, finding out that, you know, the vast majority of our serotonin and our dopamine is made in our gut. Mm-hmm. Well, if your gut is not happy, you will not be happy. <laughs> like, there's this, mm-hmm. like, why was this not like drilled into my head much sooner in my life, <laughs> right? You know, to, to recognize that, like, when something is off in your gut, it is directly communicating to your brain, either we're not safe, or this is, 
this is not a good thing for me. I don't like this mm-hmm. food, whatever the thing is that it's trying to communicate. And we like, don't listen to it. We kind of, we're actually sort of taught to like push it down and like push through it and like, Oh, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's not important. Um, shutting us off from like our own intuition and, and things like that. But um, yeah, I think that is really, I mean, just people get fixated on gut health for like, Oh, like, I need to take probiotics and like, they just want to like take a pill for it or do something But gut health is like so much bigger and more than right. that. And so much more mm-hmm. about um, that interaction of the nervous system of your gut telling your brain and your brain communicating back. Um, that's, I think the biggest thing for me of like driving home, why gut health is important. Mm-hmm. And it, it totally makes sense. I actually just like did my GI mo- module with yeah. the Institute of Functional Medicine. <laughs> yeah. so, like, uh-huh. so like a lot of the things that you just said was like things that they would, covered I'm like whoa I had no idea and looking back like it just makes sense like I mean PA school there's a whole lot of other things going on but I was like taking out pizza and fast food like every night in the library like super stressed out and like it was just awful so yeah and then and then and then we like sign up for our first jobs which are like super stressful and we do the same thing and we're like healthcare perfect practitioners that are like supposed to be like some sort of beacon of health and like we probably live the most unhealthy lifestyles of like anyone which is another (laughs) boggling thing about medicine so true like living off caffeine and like whatever is the fastest and easiest and like not even eating lunch a lot of the time or like getting to sit down oh god yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so what is leaky gut um, so leaky gut is like a, just an easy way to say enhanced intestinal permeability, because like we all have a little bit of a leaky gut always, like we are supposed to be able to absorb nutrients and get, you know, chemical messengers and things are supposed to be, uh, you know, exposed to our immune system, which is most of it is actually in our gut. Again, we're back to the gut. Um, <laughs> so leaky gut is basically when you have it more permeability than you should. And so Mm. it's allowing either larger particles of food or cellular debris or toxins or pathogens in to this very like thin, tiny little one cell layer that is like between the outside world and the inside world for you. Because like, if you think about, you know, I think we talk about it in a IFM, but like, your gut is basically the outside, like it's connected from your mouth to your anus mm-hmm. and like it's outside yep. of you. And so all of this stuff that's going on inside your body is really your environment outside. So, um, you know, a, the, the gut lining is so, so thin and so permeable and it's supposed to allow all these things to exchange. And when we, when it gets disrupted, when you have leaky gut, you're allowing just all this extra stuff that shouldn't really be exposed in that state to your immune system. And so your immune system has the choice of saying like, is it friend or foe? Is it stranger danger? Is it something that like, I'm going to see and I'm just going to let you pass. Um, And so we're asking a lot of our immune system when we have leaky gut and leaky gut Mm -hmm. can be caused by so many different things. And some of it's like transient and it goes away. So like, for example, like alcohol, you have alcohol and it, transiently causes leaky gut or you have a really high intensity workout like HIIT training is something that is known to cause leaky gut but like those Mm -hmm. little bursts of transient leaky gut in a normal healthy person shouldn't cause you know significant issue it's when we have leaky gut for a long period of time because we're constantly putting toxins in the GI tract Mm -hmm. or we're constantly stressed or we're constantly doing something that like should end like Mm -hmm. you know high intensity exercise ends or alcohol ingestion ends if you're not if it doesn't end then you just allow this like permeability to um increase and enhance 
like what gets in from mm-hmm. the outside world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I'm going to be totally honest. It's kind of embarrassing to even admit <laughs> to it, but I never had a nutrition class in college. So yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I can, um, I know like Dr. Mark Hyman, he stresses that a lot too, that their, mm-hmm. their nutritional training is very, very limited. So safe to say like what you ingest your nutrition heavily impacts your gut health and like oh, your yeah. function. Cause it's the largest immune organ. So yeah, that's mind blowing. <laughs> so it, it really is. is like your second <laughs> brain. <laughs> It is. Yeah. And it's kind of running the show, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I really don't, I I definitely took a nutrition class in undergrad because I was an exercise science major. So I know I had one, but I remember it being like really hilariously like simplified and like not helpful. Um, (laughs) I feel like we still were using like the food pyramid and like stuff that's like not (laughs) really evidence-based other than like food companies saying that this is important um but anyway that's what i digress i don't remember any i don't specifically remember anything on nutrition in pa school i remember biochem but i don't remember <laughs> nutrition mm-hmm. and it takes a lot uh, it takes a long time for all those that material to update but yeah like, you said, like yeah i digress whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure so- yep Do you have any tips and tricks to start improving your gut health? Yeah. So I think one of the first things that you can do is like the least sexy thing you can do, Mm -hmm. which is just to slow down. Everybody is like just eating really fast and they're not thinking about their food. And even if you haven't Mm -hmm. been the one that prepares your food, um, taking a few minutes before you eat to like either touch the food or smell the food or like tell your brain we're going to eat now because that actually sets off the whole like cascade of events that allows digestion to happen correctly. Mm. And when you allow digestion to happen the way that it's supposed to happen, you'll, your gut health will be a lot better because you will be chewing your food better. You're getting it broken down better in your mouth. Like your stomach doesn't have any teeth. So if you just like take two bites and just gulp it down really fast and you have to wash it down with water, you're diluting your stomach acid, Mm -hmm. you're creating this like big lump of food in your stomach that your stomach has to like chemically saturate to get it to break down. And then you're pushing it down into the small intestine where it's going to get feasted on by all these bacteria because you put all this like whole food in your gut that doesn't belong. It just goes on and on and on, but basically slowing down and taking a few deep breaths before you eat. If you want to, like, I I really think this is part of why people pray over their food is to to, like, a give gratitude, Mm -hmm. um, connect you to a higher power, however you want to look at it, but it gives your brain that couple seconds to like catch up and be like, Hey, we're eating now. It's mm-hmm. time. The show, the show goes on, you know, so you can start making saliva so that you can start secreting digestive enzymes from your, um, you know, you want your gallbladder to start kicking in. You want your stomach acid to kick in. You want all these things to come online. And if you just like shove food in your mouth while you're driving, that does not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big one. Dude, not sexy. guilty as charged. Yeah. I mean, not sexy, <laughs> but so, so, so true. Yeah. Like, totally. I, like, I definitely, we definitely just like veg out in front of the TV, like for dinner yeah. and just mm-hmm. like without even thinking, just like inhale our food, like mindlessly in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, I think those are, that's really helpful to keep in mind. Yeah. That's a big one. And just going through the motions because life gets so busy and hectic and you just kind of like, something you have to do but like really like enjoying your food and mm-hmm. being more mindful of it super important yeah. yeah so I would love to get into stress now too that's <laughs> that's something that 
I feel like I could talk about for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's super tricky because we're all highly individualized and what I find stressful might not be stressful for you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like back to your, your brain, like what you're perceiving as threatening, um, your brain has a hard time just deciphering like between the different types of stress. So whether it's, mm-hmm. uh, something like you're running around, running away from a lion versus like stress at work. So like, yeah, you can't really decipher between those. So it's going to see it just as stress. Mm-hmm. So what is the effect that chronic stress can have on our bodies? Basically. So the idea that like all stress is, is bad. We know that like, that is not true. Like there are good stressors. There are things that are going to create resilience and that are going mm-hmm. to create, um, a stronger muscle. Like when you, you know, like take, take for example, exercise, right. You, mm-hmm. you work out, it's hard. It creates stress on the body, but it actually improves the physiology. It improves the muscle mass. It improves your metabolic rate. It, it improves all these things. Right. So there are, there is good stress, right. Chronic stress where it's like unremitting stress and the stressor no, never goes away. That is where we get into really big problems. And, you know, mm-hmm. part of that is related to just like stress hormones. Like when you release cortisol, cortisol mm-hmm. is meant to be like a rescue remedy sort of thing. And, um, it is released when we need to like fix a problem, right. And get our body ready to like fix the problem. But if the problem never goes away, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you just keep secreting cortisol. Mm-hmm. Then you end up with this, like, you know, first you start out with that real high cortisol pattern where you're like all stressed to the gills and wired and tired and feeling like garbage. And then it bottoms out and you are done. Like your, your body's like, mm-hmm. we're checking out. You're not going to fix this. So we're just going to sit back and chill until you figure this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think chronic stress, it, it, it has impacts like obviously on your energy levels and things like that, but it's because it's affecting you like on a cellular level, like you're creating, you know, reactive oxygen species that like need to be quelched by antioxidants that so you're creating like debris, you're creating stuff that needs to be taken care of in the cells of your body. It's not just like, oh, I'm stressed out. I should like go to the spa. Like, it's not that. Like, <laughs> that is like a band aid solution to a chronically stressed person. Um, yeah, it's really like getting a good inventory of like, what are the stressors in your life? What are they there for? Are they serving you? Are they mm-hmm. are they going to go away? And if they're not going to go away, like, how can you look at them differently? How can you perceive them differently so that they are not creating this like wreckage in your body? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, so many things are you know, something that's a stressor to you might not be a stressor to me or something that is, you know, not a great situation. And so your perception of it is, is so much of how your body, you know, handles it. And so if you can work your mindset around what is a stressor in your life and either remove the stressor or care less about it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's one thing to do. Um, You can create like tremendous, like physiologic impacts in your body by changing the way you respond to the stressors that are in your life. Wow. I just <laughs> love literally everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Being more mindful of what is causing you stress. Like, I think the easy thing to do is just kind of going through the motions, letting it mm-hmm. just, I mean, I'm so guilty of that. Like so guilty because it's, it, it's the easier thing to do a lot of the time. It's just to go through the motions. But if you mm-hmm. like take a step back and actually reflect and be mindful I I know I'm feeling like crap. What is it that's causing me stress? Why am I stressed? And like pinpointing that down Mm -hmm. and actually taking action on that. So you can actually, 
or like you said, like managing stress better, which is, <laughs> that's like a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. How would you Absolutely. recommend to manage stress better? Like what are things that we can do to try to, to hone in on that? Maybe like if it's something that's kind of hard to like, if it's like a, a job that's mm-hmm. causing you stress. So like it's easier said than done to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm just going to quit. And that's that. Like sometimes totally. it's, that's yep. not, it's not that simple. It's so what are simple. the best ways to, would you say that we could like get started on trying to manage that and attack that better? Um, I mean, I think the, the biggest one is um, sort of, is, is it's all about kind of like mindset stuff is like shifting your mindset around that thing. And like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's changing the verbiage around like what you say, like, I have to go to work or I get to go to work. Mm-hmm. Like I get to have a job. I get to do these things. And so just mm-hmm. being in gratitude, even when it's something that is maybe not exactly what you want it to be, can shift your kind of thinking around it. And it's not to be like toxically positive and it's not to be just like, you know, everything is great. Everything is better, but to just at Mm. least acknowledge the parts of the things that you do enjoy about it, or part of what you are grateful for about the situation can sort of like, just get you out of that, like loop of like, oh, stress sucks. This is bad. Blah, 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 blah. Never ending Um, spiral down. Yeah. And get you out of that a little bit. And like, it, you know, for me, it like helps me like zoom out. Like I can like Mm. look at things that are not so like in this like nitpicky moment, I can look out and be like, wow, that's, cool. I have a job, (laughs) you know, Mm. or that's great. I get to do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest one. And then, you know, really just like taking an inventory of it and like getting really honest about it and being like, what are all the things that are causing me stress? What are all these things that are on my plate? And like, can I give these things to other people? Do I even need to do these things? Mm -hmm. Is these things like, you know, there are, there are things that are causing stress in, in your life. Like, you know, talk about the mental load my God, I could write like pages of things that like I'm thinking about all the time, but like, Mm -hmm. do I need to be, can can I offload that somewhere? Does that need to be my responsibility? Is -hmm. there, does it even need to get done? Or am I just think, do I just think that I need to get done because like society expects me to do these things, right? Yeah. This is a whole nother podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) fire. um, Oh my gosh. Love everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, just, there's just so it's so easy to get caught up in the like, oh, like I'm so stressed. And like, we thrive as a society off of like, who can be the most stressed. And it's like a competition of like, who can have the, he can mm. be the most overworked and the most. And that's just like, I just want to like, just throw that in the garbage. Like it is just such mm-hmm. a unhealthy way to think about life. And um, there's a lot of undoing, like I'm from New York. Like there was a lot of undoing. I was, undoing say, I was surprised that you worked. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, reprogramming that has happened for me in my like the last 20 years, probably. Um, you know, starting with moving out here 12 years ago and just being like, oh, I don't need to like be in this rat race. I don't need that. I don't need to do that. So, yeah. And that kind of goes into like mindfulness training. I feel like a lot of people say like be more mindful be more mindful I'm like what the heck does that even mean but that kind of like it goes with that like just being more present in the situation that you're in and not feeling not picking away at all these million different things that really like do you really even need to worry about that slash do it right now slash Mm -hmm. you're not helping you're not helping yourself no one thing at a time totally yeah I love that so how is chronic stress related to glucose dysregulation 
Has that, well, is there even a relation there? Yeah, there's definitely a relation there. Um, and it goes back like mostly to cortisol. I mean, there's like a lot of different ways, but mostly it's cortisol because when you, um, when you're releasing more cortisol, cortisol has the ability to release blood sugar into the bloodstream. So you're getting, you're going to, your body thinks that it needs to prepare for this like big stressor, which like, you know, you know, going back in your little reptilian brain was like literally being traced by a tiger and like needs to, mm -hmm. you need to have energy to go do that. Like you don't have time to go sit down and eat a meal. You need to like have blood sugar ready right now to like go save yourself. So you cortisol release of cortisol releases can release blood sugar. Um, and chronically elevated cortisol means chronically elevated blood sugar. And, um, you know, it causes insulin resistance. So we then pump out more insulin and crash our blood sugar. And then we crave more sugar so that we can bring it back up again. And we get into these like really, really maladaptive patterns of um, blood sugar regulation. And it, it's not because your body is doing something wrong. It's not that it's like stupid and broken. It's because you are chronically allowing this thing to happen. It's responding mm -hmm. to the threat, this perceived threat that it has. And so until you like change the percep perception of that stressor or eliminate that stressor, you're going to be stuck in these like really maladaptive blood sugar patterns. And it's, it, again, it's not because something is wrong with you. It's because your body is like protecting you and trying to save you. Mm -hmm. um, and we just like sabotage it all the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. That so, goes back yeah. to like your body can't tell decipher between the different types of stress. So like, yeah, uh that's just crazy the actual impact it really does have full body on yeah. that type of scale mm -hmm. so i know you're a mama of three yes and i <laughs> got the chance to meet your youngest baby so cute yeah. <laughs> um so i really wanted to get into the perspective on your perspective on fertility and functional medicine and fertility i know we have a lot of women and female listeners on here um, so I want to see uh, on your side of things, like if we're thinking about having a baby or if we're pregnant or, or a mama already, like mm -hmm. where your thoughts are there and, um, like us being more mindful of our health during that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think actually that's how I sort of started like my like non-toxic journey before I even knew really about functional medicine or any of that stuff. Like I realized when I was getting ready, like when I wanted to get pregnant, you know, nine years ago now, um, that that was one of the first things that I like kind of you look like, like you're like 28. I am 41. No, <laughs> you're so, no way. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am 41. Yep. Yep. What is What is the secret? <laughs> Functional, medicine. Functional medicine. No, oh, <laughs> uh, it's good genetics and taking care of yourself. So yes, some of it's functional medicine, but um, good genes help a lot. Um, Noted. But the uh, yeah, those Italians have good skin genes and stuff, so it's good. Um, tan and just flawless <laughs> skin. It's okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. But. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that was really where I first started to like really consider the food I was eating. That was like the first time I had really considered like what I was putting in my body as being like fuel because it was like going to another person. Like it, it's funny how you like don't when you get pregnant or when you're thinking about pre getting pregnant, like you you like go through these drastic shifts of like 
like changing your health because you're like, well, I'm doing it for this other person, I'm doing it for this unborn baby. And then you're like, why wouldn't I do it for myself? <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. like such a big driver for people um, to like kind of get it together. And like, that was when I first was started to eat organic. Like I didn't, before that, I didn't really care. I was like, well, what difference does it make? Or whatever. Mm. I don't need to eat organic. Yep. And so then same. I started like digging into that stuff. And that's where I first started into it. And that was also, you know, my, my first OB as, I had a very love-hate relationship with him. <laughs> um, you know, that's a whole other podcast again. Um, but the big thing that he did drive home with me was like blood sugar balance and like having good blood sugar balance and not having pregnancy be an excuse to just kind of like eat whatever you wanted and just like do Darn. whatever you wanted. Like Damn it was it. really, it, yeah, <laughs> that it was really important to like consider what you were eating and like consider your blood sugar balance and consider, you know, making sure you're getting enough protein and iron and like the actual building blocks of like making a baby versus like just eating calories for the sake of calories. And, um, you know, he was a little restrictive he told me at one point that I could eat cake on my birthday and that was it and I was like oh mm, I don't think so dude <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tough but he was yeah he was very um he was very uh very specific and strict about those things but anyway I did not follow those specific recommendations I did follow a lot of them but that was one that was like, eh. anyway um but yeah that was where I first started with it and like really it, it there's there are so much benefit that can be for you as the mother that can go translating to the baby by kind of optimizing your health before you get pregnant. And it's not just like, oh, you get pregnant and then you, then you start taking a prenatal. Like, no, 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 no. Like we're, we're like three, six months before, like the, the longer you have to like optimize your health and your nutrition before you get pregnant, the better. Not to say that if you get pregnant and then you, and then you shift like that, you're doomed and it's going to be terrible. But, but there's, there's, there's ways to like make changes at any point in prenatal pregnancy or and beyond even postpartum, but like really dialing in on like, what does my body need? What does it need from food? What does it need for movement? What does it need for, you know, connection in my life? Like what are the, where are the areas that I need to kind of look at to see like, what's going to, what's going to fill me up so that I can be pregnant, have a baby, raise a baby. Um, and I'll say like, I'm, I'm not, I, mean, I think my first pregnant was pregnancy was like, as healthy as it could have been at that time, like kind of with what was going on in my life at that time, which was like, I was still working full time in the emergency room through that whole pregnancy. I had like weird shift work. I had weird hours. Um, you know, I wasn't eating the healthiest. I was eating organic, but it still wasn't that healthy um, to, and that, you know, kind of recovery from that pregnancy was pretty good. Second pregnancy um, was a much harder pregnancy for me. I was raising a toddler and was still working. I was part-time in the ER then, but still had a jacked up schedule and was pregnant. And like, that was the roughest pregnancy. It was super hard for me physically, mentally, emotionally. It was a hard pregnancy. And after that was when I was like, mm, nope, like this is where I like really burnt out. And so I think like, I just, my body was just not ready for all of that. And like pregnancy is a like marathon, physically demanding mm. sport. <laughs> um, I love that. I never heard yeah. that described as that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And so, sport. yeah, like when oh. I got pregnant with my third, I was like the quote healthiest I had ever been. And like, it translated to, for me at least, like the healthiest pregnancy I ever had, the easiest pregnancy that I had, the easiest delivery that I had, the, like the easiest Whoa. postpartum recovery, like all of it. And I was like, this is not a coincidence. Like this is not like, it is not a coincidence that like when I dialed it all in and I kind of figured it out for myself and knew what was important and what wasn't like everything got better. Um, oh, it gave me chills. 
but yeah. So I think there's like, it, like I said, there's not like a, a perfect point of when you should before. And like, that's also to say that like, it's not just the woman's responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of genetic material and, and, and the stress and the relationship and all those things that are passed from the partner as well. So getting you both together and getting on the same page on how you're going to fuel your bodies, how you're going to like live your lives, what it's going to look like when you're pregnant, like what all this is going to be is really important for both of you. Um, And I, you know, at least three months is like kind of my like guideline, but six months is really ideal in terms of like really boosting up your nutrition, eating the Mm. foods that are fueling your body, eliminating things that really don't serve you, whether it's from a food perspective or a life perspective. Um, and you know, just kind of preparing for that, like you're preparing for, you know, anything else important in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like there's definitely pre like the prenatal period is super important and getting kind of all that dialed in and figuring out like what's going to feel good for you. Wow. I definitely had chills over everything (laughs) that you just said. I think, um, like as women generally, like a lot of time we kind of probably not put ourselves first and probably start to think about like taking those action steps when we're thinking about having a baby. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really, um, good point to point to point out. Um, and then it's, I think it's amazing that your third pregnancy was the one that you felt the best. And yeah. And I was 40. <laughs> <laughs> wow. well, actually, I was 39. I had, I had her when I was 39. So I had, I turned 40 when she was five months old. So, um, yeah, like that was not expected that to turn out that way at all. So, um, super grateful that it did, but yeah, I mean, it, it had the potential for being like a really hard pregnancy and it just, it wasn't. So, wow. Yeah. There's something to be said right there about that. For sure. I call her my functional medicine baby. So yeah. yeah <laughs> she also that. though, like had the benefit of listening to like all of my IFM lectures, like, well, I, cause I, <laughs> went, I did all my IFM training basically when I was pregnant with her. So she's, she may become, you know, functional medicine practitioner at some point. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that so much. So you're diving a little bit into the, um, the toxins and a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And we're seeing a lot of that in media right now too. Yeah. Um, so I would love to get into that about like, there's a lot of things out there about toxic chemicals in our cleaning products or skin mm-hmm. products. And I just like that. I feel like that's just been like a new thing. Like we've never heard of really that before. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or tricks on how we can try to start to detoxify our house? Or like where we could start? Yeah. Um, so I think the thing is that most people, when they like come up there, they're like, yeah, I'm going to detox my house. They get like really overwhelmed really quickly because mm-hmm there's chemicals and everything. And like, you just like anything you open the cabinet, like Mm -hmm. we're constantly being exposed. And it's not like, to me, it's like not a a matter of like getting it right or getting it perfect. And like having it be like this, like perfect non-toxic home, because like it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still going to be inundated with toxins. It's like doing what you can to minimize it in the products that you use the most. So like, for example, like take your morning routine like okay so you wash your face with what soap you then use a lotion or a sunblock or whatever and like when you're in the shower what's your shampoo you're like the things that you're using all the time Mm -hmm. look at those first and like decide are these products that I want to keep using do I not really know should I do some research where should I look blah 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 blah. my -hmm. two like top places that I look for all that information is um EWG which is environmental working group. They do a lot of great work and they, but they are funded by some of the companies that 
are promoted by EWG. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there. However, I think if you can kind of like, there are certain things in there that you can kind of parse through. My really, honestly, though, my favorite person to look to for all that stuff is um, Irina Webb. She's like the I read labels for you um, person. I did a oh, a, cool. a live um, Instagram thing with her a while back, but um, she is amazing. She is like a researcher to the core and she puts out so much free material. She has some like consult stuff that you can sign up for. So you can get like an in-depth look at like what you particularly use and like what are your products good or what if you're looking for, you know, a dish detergent for hard water and like, blah, 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 like she can help you with that. Um, she's just a really great resource. And she has got higher standards than the EWG. Like there are certain like chemicals that she's like, nope, I don't, if it's got these, you know, ethoxylated ingredients, like I don't want those. If it has this, I don't want that. And she, and, but she explains it too. So it's not just mm -hmm. like throwing everything out of your house. And she's very much also promoting the idea that like, it doesn't, like if it causes you more stress to detox your house then it's not worth it because like stress is a toxin. So it's mm. one of the biggest toxins. And so yes, if you're going to like true. freak out and get all stressed out about like the financial re repercussions of, mm -hmm. you know, buying all new cleaners, it's like, okay, I don't like that cleaner that I have. Like, I don't need to throw it out right now necessarily, unless maybe I know particularly that's causing me a problem. But like, mm -hmm. when I run out of that, I'm going to buy something better. I'm going to buy the, mm -hmm. I'm not going to like, throw everything out in my house all at once and replace everything all at once and like do it that way. Like I want to make it as like stress-free as possible because mm -hmm. stress is a toxin. So yeah, if I'm looking at the things that I use the most, um, looking at the thing like dish soap, for example, like you mm -hmm. wash your dishes probably every day or your dishwasher soap or whatever. And like, Depends knowing you are. that like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> knowing that like at some point you're probably going to want to replace that thing and like looking mm -hmm. into those kind of items individually and maybe, um, you know, kind of digging into that stuff one at a time so that you're not like so overwhelmed and overburdened mm. with all these things like looking at the the cookware that you use like are you using mm. a lot of aluminum foil are you using you know nonstick pans like all the different things and like some things are more expensive than others and you need to like budget for them if you're thinking like oh i want to replace all my cookware like that can get real expensive real quick mm. um you know the other thing that that i think is a really big one for when you're looking at um toxin avoidance and and my biggest thing is toxin avoidance it's not detox like yes you detox you detox all the time but like mm -hmm. i want it to, i want to make there less of it coming in versus like mm -hmm. just eliminating toxins right so um mm -hmm. you know water filter is a big one figuring out like what's in your water what do you want to be filtering out what do you want to be keeping in air filter is another one to like you know in hawaii we're pretty fortunate where like we have our windows open and there's a breeze but like i'm currently running my air conditioning unit and i'm sure there's mold in it so like, <laughs> there needs to be an air filter in here um and so yeah kind of like keeping those things out of your environment keeping the crap out of your water and out of your air um those are big ones too oh i love that i i love what you said about feeling overwhelmed too because like once i like started learning about it i'm like oh my <sighs> god this is very stressful. It, like just yesterday I was refurbishing bamboo furniture and I was using mm. a stain and I'm like this stain, I'm breathing this in. I'm probably like, like <laughs> yeah, I'm going to die. No, just like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm going to go drink some green tea and go sit outside. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't breathe yeah. in too much. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll never uh, forget. Like in college, one of my, or after college, one of my roommates decided she wanted to 
stain a coffee table in our closed Washington, D.C. apartment that had no ventilation or airflow. My husband and my boyfriend at the time walk in the apartment and it smelled so bad. And she's just like sitting there in our apartment. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, we need to get out of here. We're going to die. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, don't do that. Don't breathe in chemicals. Not good. Yeah. God oh, died. that's too God funny. <laughs> that reminds me of a meme that I saw that was like, um, like back in the day in college, I was like doing keg stands upside down, like sharing between like 200 people and like, um, just like sharing drinks and whatever. And then nowadays I will like not use like a plastic container or whatnot. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like I won't use a public, funny. like public, uh, water fountain or like, you know, we're hand sanitizing everything all the time now. Something that I really wanted to get into too, um, was, uh, hormone imbalances too. Mm-hmm. Um, what are like some symptoms or some things that might um, we would see if we we might be experiencing a hormone imbalance? If we're talking about like women specifically, which mm-hmm. for, for the most part, when people talk about hormone imbalances, they're generally talking about women. <laughs> um, I think the things are like anything. Obviously, the parts around like the menstrual cycle. So anything that seems uh, abnormal to you or maybe it's something that you've dealt with like maybe you've always had really bad cramps during your cycle and like that's just normal for you but you've never like thought of it as being a sign that there could be potentially something like not right with your hormones but really like you're having a healthy menstrual cycle and like a regular cycle that is you know not too short and not too long and you know not too painful and doesn't cause like dramatic mood swings um those that would be kind of I guess those were the, those would be the symptoms to show that you do have a hormone imbalance is like anything mm-hmm. related to your cycle. So not, um, too short cycle, too short cycle, too long, irregular cycle, um, you know, painful periods, really, really pronounced mood changes during different parts of your cycle. Um, mm-hmm. and like, yes, there's like a, a degree of all of these things being pretty normal, but some of them are not necessarily normal they're just common and so everyone knows that you get bad cramps around your periods and everybody knows that you get pms and it's like yeah but you know some people get these symptoms like really like dramatically affecting their lives to the point Mm -hmm. where they like can't go to work um yeah that's a pretty big sign um but other like kind of more subtle symptoms of hormone imbalance would be things that are like kind of just in the bucket of general health of like fatigue and like not having a lot of energy and not having a lot of like stamina for exercise and things like that. Cause those can be just signs or even like skin conditions, you know, acne, mm-hmm. things like that. We, we go to, we go to acne cause that one is like very, has a very clear hormonal component to it for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, kind of like really anything can present as hormone imbalances. And I feel like that's another one that's kind of like got a lot of like energy and buzz around right now is like hormone imbalances and and what you can do Mm. about them. And, um, and the one hand, I'm really grateful that like, it's coming to light that like, yeah, this stuff is not normal. Um, Mm. But I think a lot of it is just to like market crappy products (laughs) that Mm. are like, you know, to help with your bloating during your period. And I was like, well, yeah, that gummy is not going to like fix that. Like, right. It's like, like a drop is the in the bucket. happening. <laughs> it's like getting down to the root of the problem. Yeah. Just like everything. I remember there's a period in college where I didn't have my period. Like I'm very regular with my period mm-hmm. on like on the dot always. Mm-hmm. And then in my, in college, I didn't get it for eight months. I was mm. convinced I was pregnant. It was just That's all the so stress. Like, with me. So yeah. I was terrified. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But like, I'm like, I don't have money to like 
go see someone and like mm-hmm. been a college student it was just like terrifying but yeah it's crazy like what's like I'm pretty sure that was from stress so yeah, like the right. impact mm-hmm. how everything is correlated and like to impact my period like that to not get it for eight months yeah like a almost a pregnancy term <laughs> totally yeah and I mean just to think that like really you're like we should be looking for at women like as the the, the menstrual cycle as like kind of like a not a vital sign but like something mm-hmm. to like as a yes. marker for health as like a mm-hmm. marker for like what's going on systemically because it's it is constantly changing and like our our hormones do change from like week to week because mm-hmm. of the different cycles that we go through to to be able to have babies so um and then, you know, then pass, I forget. And then we get to perimenopause and menopause and it just gets more and more complicated for us. <laughs> I guess it gets, I guess it gets less complicated. It gets more complicated than that gets less. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, there's just so, so, so many people out there that just think that a lot of these like irregularities with their cycle are just normal or that like, they've just been masking it so long with a birth control pill or some sort of hormonal pill or hormonal mm. birth control of some type, um, whether it's, you know, IUD or implant or whatever, um, that we're like, not even like, we don't, we have like no connection to that, like part of ourselves anymore. And it's a really mm-hmm. kind of sad thing when you start yeah. to kind of get into that, that we just like, don't have that connection anymore. And like, not to knock birth control, because like birth control is very effective. And like, it's very good for people who don't want to have babies. But like, if you're taking birth control for to like, you know, regulate your cycle or to, you know, do something other than prevent pregnancy, like it is probably not doing that. Like you are suppressing your normal cycle. That's not like, that's not menstrual bleeding. That's like a, that's a pill bleed. Like it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going through that same cascade of hormone shifts when you're on the pill. Um, so there's a lot of other things that aren't happening and it's depleting mm. a bunch of B vitamins and a bunch of other really important things and on long-term can cause all these effects, but no one wants to talk about them. So yeah. Very good uh-huh. point. Cause I remember like that was, it's like the gold, gold standard, like irregular periods. Okay. Let's start the birth control. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was what, that was what happened to me. Like at 18, I was on the pill cause I had really irregular periods. And then when I had, when I, before I got pregnant with Shirley, I had an ectopic pregnancy. And while oh, I wow. was g- getting an ultrasound, they were like, Oh, you have polycystic ovaries. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I've never had regular periods, but I'm like a normal weight PCOS person. So like no one has ever been like, Oh yeah, you have PCOS. Like, no, it doesn't, it never like crossed anyone's mind of like, that was why. I had a regular cycle. And so, yeah, it was definitely like a mind blowing moment for me to be like, oh, like there's an actual reason that I'm not getting my, my period regularly. And that also went back to insulin resistance, which went back like that. That was why I felt healthy in my first pregnancy was truly when I was eliminating sugar. Like it was all these like light bulbs Mm -hmm. going off all left and right. And then like, as I learned more about functional medicine and realized that like, oh, that was what was happening. I Mm -hmm. get it now. Like this is, this makes so much more sense to me now. So yeah (laughs) I love that like getting down to the root cause and you're like that all makes sense it's coming it all makes sense it all makes so much more sense now covering what does Dr. Mark Hyman say he says a pill for the ill covering covering your symptoms with prescriptions and medication rather than trying to decipher get down shut down the messenger shut down the messenger yes (laughs) your body is so complicated and it's telling you sending you those signals for a reason yeah, so it's, you got to listen to it. Totally. 
I mean, I think probably the biggest thing is that like anyone listening right now, who's now feeling like so overwhelmed by like all these possible things that could be quote wrong <laughs> with them to just reassure you that there is nothing wrong with you, um, mm. that your physiology Love is it. behaving exactly mm-hmm. as it is supposed to based on the environmental inputs that you have. And maybe this is just the sign that you need to like kind of take a step back from it and look at it and go, huh, like, what can I what can I do here? What can I do here to make my life better? Because we only get one of these lives. We only get to do it once. And so like, what can we do to make really good, make it enjoyable instead of just kind of like, uh, get, go through the motions, go through the, go through the day and, um, think about how can really optimize for the life we want to have. That gave me chills. That's a beautiful (laughs) way to end it because I think, uh, a lot of time we might be told we have normal labs. I know that's part of your story yeah. too. That's part of my story totally. too. Like mm-hmm. your labs are normal. You're fine. Like here's a prescription yep. uh, for an antidepressant and like move on. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't feel normal. What the heck no. is going on? So mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that's very, such a good point that you are normal. Yeah. Like, like uh, you just got to take a step back and let's really get down to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah be kind Absolutely. to yourself and um yes and it's a process it's not going to happen in a day it is and so that being said like i you know talk about how i had this great pregnancy and i had this great recovery and i had you know after my you know quote functional medicine journey that i did before i got pregnant with my third and like i definitely experienced a setback in like the last year and i'm just like you know i'm coming out of it now and i'm feeling a lot better now but like it's not just because you like dial it in and you figure it out. Like, it doesn't mean that you're like done. Like, I don't think Mm. that ever anyone is really Mm. ever done healing emotionally, physically, whatever. Like our lives are constantly Mm. changing. We're constantly getting different inputs and information and things are changing. The world is changing. You know, we just experienced the craziest two years, at least that I've experienced in my life. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, like give yourself grace and give yourself permission to like not be perfect and not have it all right and not have it all figured out all the time because you probably don't. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and that's okay. Oh, mic drop yeah. on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. So where we, yeah. where can we find more of you? Um, so my, uh, I'm hanging out mostly on social media at um, martina.harms.pa on Instagram. And then um, my website is martinaharms.com. If you want to talk with me, I do like uh, discovery calls, like a 20 minutes discussion to kind of get to the root of you know, what, what are the symptoms that you're dealing with? And if I'm someone that can help you. And then from there, we can talk about working together either in uh, one-on-one I'm working on some courses right now that I'm going to hopefully have out in the next few months and um, some group programs as well. So more than one way to work with me in the near future. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Woo. That's a wrap for this week's episode. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review on this podcast, subscribe, and maybe send it to a friend who you might think might enjoy it. Your reviews and passing along this podcast is what keeps it running. You can follow along at, at IslandShackPA on Instagram. Check out the blog at IslandShackPA.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending so much time with me. See you next Wednesday for our next dose of feel good.